This is Ash Masco, and you are listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hello and welcome everybody to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We are getting ready to jump back into our other Borders game, but uh, I'm going to kick it right over to Todd. He's going to give us a recap. It's going to be immensely helpful for us because, like I said, we haven't played in a little while, and then uh, we'll go from there. Right on. Okay, so here's our characters. John, you can share that. Uh, and I do have a recap, and I've shortened it a great deal because there's so much information in this game. So if I miss any color, um, you guys just feel free to jump in and and add that as i go we start with sean's character filippo the great Pacini. Uh, he's a stage magician and a hustler who runs an old theater in the town of entre lugares this is a town that's seen better days and although filippo's activities often take him into the gray area let's say he is a sensitive soul who wishes the world was a better place he has a complicated relationship with the ghosts of his paternal ancestors they visit him when he's alone and they tell him he's a failure and we don't really know whether or not they're real. Filippo wants to make them proud, but he is a weak man and a coward, and he needs approval badly enough to lie for it. Next up, we have Javier Castillo, a shaman who has learned the arts of magical healing from his tío, Martín. Uh, and he is uh, critical of the dark magic that we'll hear about in a moment when we meet Manny, because uh, he's concerned with the evolution of his soul and the enlightenment of his soul to reach a better place. Uh, he's opposed to curses and hexes, which Manny sometimes deals with, and he seeks his own answers with the help of a spirit guide named Coyote. But recent events have forced him to work together with Manny, promising that he'll help Manny get an audience with Martin in order to help him control his dark visions. Manny Velasquez. <laughs> Velasquez? Velasquez. Uh, he is a young brujo and a spiritual medium with the aforementioned dark visions. He lives with his abuela on the southeast side of town, and he runs the family business, providing magical cures and spiritual solutions for the locals, including wishes, hexes, and consultations with the dead. But he's a tortured soul himself, unsure of his place in this world, and he sees the spirit of the dead, the spirits of the dead, wherever he goes. Now, Martin the uncle and mentor of Javier and the maybe mentor of Manny, should we succeed in getting a meeting with him, has recently disappeared. He has secretly gone into hiding in order to evade the clutches of Abel Cisco, the powerful boss of the Cisco cartel, who seems to have a personal vendetta against the old man and holds him responsible for the death of his beloved Maria years ago. And it was Filippo, who helped arrange Tio's disappearance, hiding him with the members of a local gang called La Familia Trece, or F-13. F-13 are weed dealers and low-level gangsters, and lately they're trying their best to stay out of Cisco's way because the drug lord has already assassinated four of their members and is looking to take over all drug traffic in Lugares. So in exchange for the protection of F-13, 
Gio Martin has been creating a drug called the Little Smoke. This is a ritual hallucinogen that's become quite popular on the street. Unfortunately, word of this drug has also attracted the attention of Mr. Cisco. And because he wants to control all drug traffic in town, Cisco needs to find out who the source of the drug actually is. He contacts Filippo and extracts from him an offer of uh, consultation and assistance in tracking down whoever makes this smoke. Uh, and after that meeting, uh, we see, uh, this is on the day of all souls, we see Cisco pull together a small altar in the corner of his hideout at the hangar at the airport in the northwest side of town. After Filippo leaves, Cisco vows to the photograph of his dear departed Maria that he will kill Martin, who apparently will let her die. Unsure of what to do and fearing that a gang war will rip their town apart, Manny and Javier get together, and they go visit a mysterious sorcerer named Don Miguel, who lives in the foothills near Miracle Cave. Don Miguel takes them on a vision quest, revealing how the little smoke is harming the souls of all who abuse it, leaving them open to attacks by evil spirits. This problem is much bigger than a turf war. This is happening all over town. But Miguel's assistance isn't free either. He wants something too. In exchange for Manny's promise to return for apprenticeship training on a weekly basis, he equips the two young magicians with bags of magical herbs and milagros, including a sticky flower, which when smoked, will enable Manny to accompany Javier on a trip through the astral plane. Their idea is to materialize in the warehouse headquarters of F-13 and rescue Martin. Meanwhile, Cisco has contacted Filippo directly because his contacts have told him that the little smoke is produced by Filippo's friend, Morgan. She's the owner of a local magic shop. And he wants Filippo, who he believes to be protecting Morgan, to broker a deal between them. Now, unfortunately, this is actually a lie. Morgan has been pressured by Casper, the head of F-13, to act as a cover for the gang's real activities. And Cisco doesn't seem to believe her when she tells him that her supply has gone dry and she can no longer make the little smoke. Cisco is angered. He brandishes a big fucking gun with a big fucking silencer. And he tells Morgan that she has 24 hours to decide whether or not she wishes to do business with him. Later that night, Manny enters the spirit realm and he sees a vision of a screaming woman covered in cancerous sores who looks straight into his eyes before the vision breaks off. And at the very same time, Javier prepares his own mystical ritual, and he has a vision of the entire town slowly losing its soul and going dark. After catching some sleep, Javier is awakened by an authoritative knock at his door. It's Officer Jim Mack, and Javier is placed under arrest for the suspicion of manufacture of illegal drugs. And the last shot of the episode was the police car driving off under the noon sun with Javier in cuffs staring out the window. There we are, people. Okay, so the, uh, the first person who I draw from the deck gets their option to do scene one or to force me to do scene one. And this is random. I shuffled earlier, and we'll see who we get. It's Filippo. So, Filippo, would you like to take scene one? We have just, well, the last we know of Filippo, you had just left uh, the Bujeria, where um, Morgan was told he has 24 hours to come up with a decision for Cisco. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll do a scene. 
cool. By the way, I should tell you and our listening audience that the theme for tonight was picked by Jesse. That theme is Denial. So any characters who play into the theme of Denial will be rewarded at the end of the session. All right, Filippo, where are we? When are we? And who's there? I'm going to say, so where where do we live off? Nighttime? It was noon when Javier got arrested. And it was, but the last time we saw you was shortly after 9 a.m. when you and Cisco visited uh, Morgan's shop. Uh, It is November 3rd, by the way. Unless you want to jump in time, because you can. Well, you know, I'm going to jump in time, but it's going to be hours later in the day. And uh, his his assistant comes into, we're, we're at the theater. It's in the upper area where his personal workshop stuff is. And his assistant comes in because he's just been uh, distant and not working with the crew. He's not helping out with the show or anything. And he's distraught and his hair is all over the place. And there's this red uh, string map connection between all the people in town and all the people involved in this. There's all these, these news clipping papers up on the wall. And there's this outfit that's been laid out on a hook on the wall. And it's a jester's outfit made of triangles, kind of like dragon scales that are overlapped in orange, yellow, and reds. And the mask is this, this skull that's painted and molded so it looks like rippling flames and it has a crooked thin tall three-point uh fake crown kind of like on a playing card and he this this outfits in the middle of it there's all these uh news clippings and one of the news clippings has a partial photograph of somebody involved a couple nights ago uh with some mysterious uh activity whether it's like a fire or something but it looks like it's the person in the outfit the outfit that's hanging upon the news clippings and he's got his hands and his head and his hair is everywhere and he's distraught and he's sweaty and he's sleepless and his assistant comes in and begs him to come down did we ever give your assistant a name oh i don't know i don't think we did i put dallase which is, uh, I believe, a cousin on his side of his um, Filipino grandmother's family. Okay, so he's not a only, Filipino name. So he's not only part of your uh, your your criminal circles, but he's also a relative. Yes, uh, helping in case, break in the family. Okay, in that case, um, Dalase is expressing a little concern. Um, yeah, he's he's messed you, up. You realize that you realize he's been talking to you for a minute, and you weren't really aware that he was there okay uh, um, so like, uh, what 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 is it what is it what what's going on Filippo, i'm i'm just i'm here to give you the daily report on the business you told me to yes. report yes 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 what what where are we at what are the numbers all right let's go ahead and get a hustling roll out of you this is 2d6 uh you want to roll high and if you wish you can burn sneaking to add to the roll I'm going to say a three or two, and I'm not going to burn anything. I'm going to go with it. Say he's so messed up and distraught with sleepless okay, so, so insomnia. You rolled, you rolled a three and a two, which gives you a five? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So one of your jobs has gone wrong. You've had a lot on your mind. It is the second one. So your two rackets are surveillance and fixer, right? Arranging for – yeah, yeah, right. yeah. 
All right, you had arranged um, earlier in the week and, and totally forgot all about it that you were supposed to be present this morning for a transfer of, of weapons that was supposed to go down over the border. Uh, and it, it was for your uh, it was for your other big client here in town. Um, you completely flaked on it. You you blew the meeting, and uh, the deal has gone sour. You fear there may be repercussions. Um, and again, I don't remember if we named this character, but remember that Cisco had sort of a rival here in town who you were attempting to broker a deal with. The yes. guy came to your theater one night. It's that guy. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good at all. You gain one money from uh, intelligence that you're able to parlay into some blackmail rackets you have going on on the side. So that's good. You can add one money. But now there's also a complication. You're going to have to explain yourself to Mr. Big. All right. Uh, he... We were there. We were at the checkpoint. We didn't know where you were, but we couldn't oh. make the deal without you. Oh, my you. God. Was that today? Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no, 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 no. I have... I've calls to make. What am I doing? What am I doing? Well, how do I even get up here? He goes and he looks for a phone and he starts making calls. Are you okay, cousin? Should I no. call a doctor? No, I, I don't think what I suffer from a doctor can help. Is there anything I can get you? <laughs> no. No, my problems are far deeper than money. He's not and... sure what to do. He looks at you and then he looks over at the suit hanging on in the center of the room. Very quizzical look on his face. You uh, preparing for a new show? It was to be a character for a new show, but I fear it may have taken a life of its own. And he walks him back down towards the theater to start making calls and see what he can do to repair this. All right, listen, Filippo, he puts his hand on your shoulder. I know you've been going through a lot lately. Sometimes the stress, it gets too much for us. If you want, you know. I could take over for a little while, give you a vacation. I think we should do that. I was thinking of closing the theater down, but it would be good for you to learn about picking up and continuing on. But Very I may good. need some time off. Well, you just ask and tell. I follow, and everyone else will fall in line. I'm sure we can handle it without you for a couple of days. Let me try and get my affairs in order with this deal and to tie up loose ends, and then we would arrange for a end of summer. Uh, so this is what, in November, that would be like the ending of autumn, right? Mm, I guess, yeah. So he says, uh, we, we will do an, an autumn hiatus and come back up fully online with you, running things for a while. Dallas A seems actually happy with this. This is a chance he's been waiting for for some time, and he's followed you around and watched how you do things. So you're pretty sure he probably can handle the job and take care of the theater. The show that um, that you're currently running is uh, is doing fine, and so it's not like he has to press the cast for rehearsals or anything. Day-to-day business, you know, accounting, that sort of thing. So that is a load off your mind, but let me step meta a little bit for a second. What's your goal going to be in this scene? What is it that you want? Well, he's um, he's trying to get a control of his life because he's slowly slipping. And uh, I believe above game that what's happened is he's allowed himself to become a doorway for his ancestors to use him as a tool of their own revenges. 
and that the costume is what they put on and parade around his body when he's conked <laughs> out. So his insomnia has led him to these blackout periods, and he puts on the outfit, and he's led to do these weird uh, series of events of people who would only know if you do this, it'll set off this chain of events. And uh, he started a series of uh, small revenges against people across the town. But this is all during you know? I'm certain that it's probably most of the people even anybody anybody who is uh, uh, unjustly doing bad things to hurt others, not just trying to survive or like you know selling some dope to like make their living or whatever. But I mean, uh, I, I'm not going to say up at the top because it's not up to the his his goal is to get up to the uh, the dude who's in charge of the um, cartel. Okay, well. It's smaller people right now. Okay, so you're maybe working your way up Cisco's ladder. Yeah, Jacob's ladder. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, he is well, not working up Cisco's ladder, but he's he's looking for people who have wronged others, and he's setting up chains of events that will spiral out of control. And it's okay, so not entirely him; it's him while he's in blackout mode, and he's not conscious of this. It's um, like subconscious. Okay, so in this scene, first I guess I need to know whether you want to call a dramatic scene that's you and another player, one of whom is petitioning the other for something, or a procedural scene, which is you trying to perform some action and making a die roll for it. I'm I'm going to go with procedural for now, because he's trying to patch together the mistakes he made with this other person, this uh, Mr. Big. Okay. And uh, let me see. Your skills, your signature moves, is uh, the hustle, which we've already seen. And I know people, which if we check that out, whenever you want to know something important about someone important, uh, you have the resources, you know, the, your connections, your network, uh, to ask me some questions and find out what they're doing, things about them, when you might expect to see them, etc. So that could be a useful procedure for this situation. We could do that. Okay, so you're making some calls. You're picking up two D6. And you're going to roll them, and if you want to burn talking, you can get a plus one. Um, to the total? Yeah. Okay, now, so... Burning, burning an ability means that later you have to refresh because it's like literally taxing yourself. It's putting right, every, right, right. all your energy into it. But it's a temporary because it comes back. Yeah. Uh, you have to do yeah. a refresh scene to make it come back. I will, I will burn a point of talking and I roll the three and a two. So that would give me a total of six. All right. Yeah. And you got a six. So you can ask three questions. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, so what exactly went wrong? You weren't there. You were supposed to um, broker an exchange of weapons between Mr. Big and somebody who was taking right, him down. Right, but I mean, did did he, like, walk? Did he kill them? Did, like, what was the outcome of that situation? No idea? Or is it still, like, in process? Um, nobody was killed, but the deal did not go through, so I'm going to say that basically Dalase was able to cover for you and stall. 
Um, but, but yeah, so he said there must be some mistake. I'll contact Filippo and we'll get this together as soon as we can. But Mr. Big is not happy. He's a very busy man. So, you know, you're going to have to ha do some sucking up, it seems. Yeah. Which leads to the second question is what leverage do I have to get on his good side? What does he want other than that deal that I could do to try to get him back in graces? Mr. Big is really all about money. I call him Mr. Big simply because I don't have a real name for him. It's a, just a colloquialism. Point be made, Cisco is much more powerful than this guy. But this guy is one of the wealthiest people in town. And so he sort of has his finger in local politics and uh, runs a, a, a number of successful businesses. And on the side, he sells weapons and traffics drugs back north across the border. So weapons, drugs, or money, those are all things that Mr. Big likes. Weapons, drugs, and money. No lawyers, though. He doesn't have any lawyers. Eh? I don't <laughs> happen to know any lawyers no, I could get under. I apologize. That was a bad Warren Zevon reference. <laughs> All right. Um, and third, I guess my third question would have to be, I guess I'll use the third one to see if I can set up another meeting. You know, Filippo, says Mr. Big, I have connections all through this town, and I do not need to go through you. I can always find another way. Tell me, why is it that I should trust you after forgetting such an important meeting? Because, says, uh, well, there's a new front coming into town. Cisco is taking over, and I have his ear as a good friend of his. I should be able to get you a line in to deals with him directly. My friend. So, you are going to see Cisco this morning. This does change things. Very well. I'll tell you what. You arrange a meeting between me and Mr. Cisco. You may be present as you wish. I will accept that as your apology. I will arrange to rectify the previous situation and get that taken care of. And then, on top of that, as a uh, reparation to our social engagement... I will have the other, I will have, uh, oh, he says, I will have, excuse me, I will coordinate a meeting between you and Cisco. Very well, my friend. There will be a drop-off tomorrow evening. This is on the 4th of November, 6 p.m., same place. You will be there, yes? Yes. Very well. I look forward to it. And he's gone. All right. So he uh, he shifts his his goals towards this and only this right now. If I if I remember from last game, I don't have any other deals or anything going on with Cisco. He's already used my stuff and he's on to his own thing, right? He's just dealing directly with the uh, what's her name from the shop. Uh, well, that's kind of debatable because you actually did sort of promise to be a consultant on his behalf. So who knows how open that agreement is? I think that should Cisco show up on your door and demand a favor, you'd still kind of be obligated. Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying uh, he, he should be clear enough to focus on getting these things taken care of for Mr. Big. You can, you can spend a couple hours, sure. Okay. So I'm going to say that that means you, you did get what you want, and, uh, and therefore I'm assuming the scene is over right now. 
And so you are giving a drama token to me. If I can yeah. do it. Wow. Make it work, Todd. Slow and steady, lad. Right, right. Pretty good. I am loaded up with drama tokens, people. Uh, okay, is there anything else you wanted to see out of that scene? I think we can just assume that you spend the next couple hours on the phone. You can arrange a meeting with Cisco. That's what he does. He sets right. up to re redo the meeting that was supposed to be done today, and then he sets up a meeting for Cisco at a later point after that's accomplished. With occasional nervous glances up at the costume hanging in the center of the room. Yes, and he's denying that it has anything to do with him. Denial. <laughs> All right. Next up is Manny. All right, I'm here. All right. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so, so Sean, Sean, what he got, what he garnered at him, got what he wanted out of me. So I got the drama token, and we cut to the next scene, which is Manny. Where are you? When is it? Who's there? And who wants what from whom? Okay, uh, I will be. Start. I'm not sure exactly where the scene's gonna go, but I will be. I will be starting it. We Manny kind of so Manny and Javier went back to their respected houses, to their abodes, to rest up for to take a quick rest before heading back out. So that is what Manny has done. He has taken a rest, short nap, a couple of hours, and he has now headed back to to Javier's place. Uh, so at least for, so his immediate goal for this is, uh, is to, Manny's goal is to basically get this over as quickly as possible. Uh, he wants to kind of get everything done and get the order of everything back in place. Meta, my goal of this scene is to get us because I, 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 Jesse knows that Javier is currently under, uh, what you call it? He's been arrested. Mm -hmm. uh, so medical is to basically like try to figure that out and figure out something to do about it. Okay. Is there is there anybody else involved in this scene? Uh, so my initial get so as as much as Manny doesn't because want to. I'm, I'm going to say there would be nothing. There would be nothing wrong with you deciding to set the scene after you've discovered. Javier's gone. That was my exact idea, yeah. But that you don't necessarily know why he's gone, right? Having not exactly. been able to speak to anyone. So it's really the act of speaking to someone. In other words, is this a dramatic scene? Mm -hmm. That's so exactly. So my idea of it is that he basically, it would uh, the, the setup of it would be him going to Javier's and finding out that he is not there. And the his very first thought is that he's been taken, and he knows one person that he can kind of sort of trust that might know what's going on. Would that be Filippo? That would be Filippo. He's the only not complete asshole that is, at least as he's aware of. He's the guy, he's the one that has like a foot, a foot in the bad place. Uh, but at least he can trust him like a tiny little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So I think we've got Javier going to the theater 
after discovering that Manny's not around, I mean that Javi is not. <laughs> let me say that again. <laughs> we have Manny going to the theater to talk to Filippo, having discovered that Javier is not around, mm-hmm. and worried that he's been abducted. Exactly. And I guess what it is you're trying to get from this scene would be an answer to where Javier is. Yes. Right. Because yeah, the two it, of you together still, yeah. are supposed to do this. What? Maybe tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the plan was to basically do it as soon as possible. So, mm-hmm. all right, Filippo, there's another knock at your door when you're in the middle of your phone call. You've just gotten off the phone, and uh, Dalase uh, pokes his head in. I'm I'm sorry, cousin. He said it was important. He needed to see you. Oh, send him in. Send him in. Oh, Manny, come in, come in. How are you today? I'm just negotiating a few things over the phone. Business, business. Yeah, no offense. Uh, really all done with the small talk right now. I need to talk to you in private if he could. Dallas, say if you would, uh, go get the theater ready. Let them know that you will be taking over uh, come next month. Yes, yes. Right. Come yeah, in, so come May, in. yeah. May's wearing at this point like the, uh, like a light hoodie like a, almost like a t-shirt material he's got the hood up and he kind of like drops it down after Dallas say leaves he's like uh i don't i don't trust you but i have i have to trust you right now uh i don't trust myself much either these days where uh yeah where's javier Ooh, well i i'm not aware but i can find out what yeah. you, was he supposed to meet up with you uh well i went over to his place and he's not there anymore and we had been i saw him this morning and uh i know that uh he martin's in trouble i kind of have a thought that the people that martin is in trouble with now have got javier in trouble you know those people you know martin it's true i thought I thought you might know what's so up with Javier. Do. do you have a? Do we have a cell phone number for him? You called the called the number, no response. You've checked his house. Tried all the. You've tried all the basics, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. All right. So, foregoing the idea that maybe he just went out for a walk or something. That are maybe. Um, by the way, we'll assume that you did call, and his phone is going straight to voicemail. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, you had to Occam's razor out the most obvious. Uh, was he arrested? Was he, uh, let's see, maybe grabbed by a gang or something? We do not know. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm I figuring, make- I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm figuring he, that the same people that grabbed Martin grabbed Javier. Okay. I mean, uh, I, but I will I, make calls. That's the only thing I got. Okay, we will have to list out all the places it could be and then isolate each answer and figure out which one it is. In your head, uh, Filippo is thinking, well, that's that doesn't make any sense. Casper wouldn't abduct Javier, there's no reason for it. I tell them, Casper abducted whether or not he's with him willingly or if they're off radar or hiding, maybe. Uh, witness protection program. You know, there's so many hypothetical answers. We have to cross them all out. Uh, wow. I mean, so- what if, what if maybe, because like, if Casper has Martine, maybe what if one of the other gangs grabbed him then? 
What if like the Tigres grabbed them because ah. they they want ransom or they want like competition? I don't know. I will make a few calls and I will start isolating out what possibilities there are. Wow. So, okay. So this is a little unusual because we're in the middle of a dramatic scene called by Manny, but I think we're going to cut into the middle of it with a procedural role because I think you're going to have to do that knowing people thing again. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to do knowing people because there's really all of its guesswork. Well, that's how we do that. Yeah. Uh, you cannot burn the ability, though, because you've already done that. Yeah, I know. So it's a straight uh, so 2d6. 2d6. Got it. Roll. A three and a four. Oh, okay. You get three questions. All right. Then the first thing he does is he calls... Uh, oh, my God. There's so many places he could have gone. <laughs> you know what? I don't I don't think I need to know exactly who you call. Um, let's assume he's, you call a series of people. Because call you, around. Know, you know people. Yeah, you're just... You're calling around random NPCs, and you're going to you know, piece together whatever you can learn from various people. He's going to uh, check with a friend who's looking, I think, to, to figure if there's anybody who's been uh, arrested. Hmm. Okay. And we don't necessarily need to know who you're talking to. It's just that you know people. Some so, montage phone calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So after you're done with the montage, these questions will determine what you've learned. All right. You may ask me three. <sighs> Uh, who has him? <laughs> uh, it turns out that uh, one of your friends lives across the street and down a little ways from Javier and saw him being arrested this morning, just before noon. All right, then. Uh, does he I have know the have him, man. All right. Thank you very much. And then he starts calling up to see if he can find out what if bail is for him. That's a good question. I assume the only question after that is really what was he charged with, but you learn from the cop on uh, desk duty that uh, bail has not been set as there has not yet been a hearing um, and that uh, Mr. Velasquez is being held under suspicion. In other words, he hasn't been charged with anything yet officially. And he hasn't talked to a judge, so there's no bail yet. All right. Uh, then you know what? I guess if that's the second one, then the third one would be do I know a lawyer? <laughs> what lawyers do I know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm sure you know lawyers. All right, so I need to. I'm going to call a lawyer and get them to see if they'll come down and help. Oh yeah, um, you met a guy at the theater uh, a couple nights ago. Um, he's staying in town. Him and his wife, Morris Leisure, is his name, and he's uh, a lawyer and he's wealthy and he's here to enjoy the scenery and culture. He happened to drop his business card with you. All so, right. yeah, you could give uh, Morris Leacher a call. All right. Then that's who I call. Let's assume that's who you call. Uh, he is, uh, you know, on vacation, but certainly interested in coming and talk to you. It sounds as though uh, there might be an opportunity for a lawyer to make some money here. So you now have a lawyer. Uh, he will be in touch with the police. And he gets all the information, which isn't a whole lot. But whatever information you have on Javier, he gets that from you. I turn to Manny and I hand over what information I have. And I tell him, we trade favors in this business. And uh, I will spend money and I will do what I can to get this lawyer to get him out. Because if he's not under any charges other than suspicion, that seems like an abuse of police power. So 
It is only right to help him out, but you will still both owe me maybe perhaps a favor, if that is fine with you. Yeah, and Manny, he's kind of been like sitting sitting in the corner, like twiddling his thumbs, rubbing his rubbing his charm and everything the whole time while this is going on. And once uh, Filippo actually like tells him like he's not in cartels, although he's arrested, so it's kind of the same thing down here. But uh, but yeah, he'll kind of calm down a little bit. And he's like, All right, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure I'll owe you. I'm I'm sure that Javier will. More, be more than happy to owe you a favor and he'll put his hand out and he'll be like thanks he gives him a handshake and you know you notice he's got like a tremble and he's sweating and he realizes his hair is a mess he just looks like someone who hasn't slept in days he's completely ragged yeah. hey you you okay man i mean if you want i can i can i can make something up for you i we can well, you know, you've been, you've been sleeping okay. In magic things going on, gangs fighting, people being murdered—it's it's a rough time. Yeah, tell me about it. This is—I'd uh, really—I'd really like this place to kind of get back to the way it used to be. This is. I do. I feel haunted, like my ancestors are everywhere now. The day of the dead has lingered with us long afterwards. Yeah. Um, could I possibly, let's see, is there, uh, so I have spiritualism. I have a spiritualismo. Um, is there any way I could use that to kind of read if there's any like bad energy or, or, or conflicting spirits around Filippo that are possibly impacting him meant like negatively or physically. Maybe, but I think that might have to be another scene. Okay. This is a dramatic scene and I think you got what you came for. Okay, sure. And because you got what you came for, Sean gives a drama token to you. I have the drama tokens. (laughs) And I'm going to say that what I gave to the lawyer was a lifetime pass to the theater and an offer to a, <laughs> oh, a dinner nice. night on the town to show him some of the exterior things that most tourists wouldn't see in the city. <laughs> like some of the fun, darker parts of town. I don't know, maybe a bordello or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, he has to <laughs> escape from his wife, but yeah, he will. Well, whatever, whatever his pleasures are, we can find them. <laughs> Okay, so that is the end of that scene, and we are just like in the early afternoon on November 3rd. The next scene, of course, is going to be Javier. And uh, you know what? Technically, I mean, you can jump forward or back in time, or you can pick up and do a scene in a jail cell. I need to figure out, uh, you know, where you are, when you are, who else is there, and what you want. Um, Jump ahead six hours. You're already out of jail. Okay. Well, so I, I kind of want to pick up like in the back of the car, right? Because I, I kind of want to try to get f- information from the officer because like, so I wouldn't know what was going on, right? So like with all the, the gangs and things, like maybe I'm being picked up for a hit. Maybe it's like, I don't think he would just sit in the car and hope that he was going to jail and we get bailed out. Like that's not, 
We're not in that place. <laughs> okay, so the characters in the scene is you and Officer Mac. Right. And do I and know Officer Mac? Like, would I have seen him around town? Everybody or? in town knows Officer okay. Mac. Yep. Yeah. All right. He's um, a dick. Yeah. His first name is Jim. Uh, so, yeah, he's like, um, so, uh, you know, he kind of tries to sit himself up in the seat a little bit straighter. Uh, what's, uh, what's the purpose for all this? Uh, Officer Mac, you you know my family. We don't have a bad reputation here. This seems a bit extreme, doesn't it? <sighs> Look, you're going to want to save whatever you have for the judge. I'm not here to make any decisions. I'm just here to follow orders. My orders were to bring you in for questioning. Uh, but the... I mean, I just have to wonder whether or not those orders came from the station, if you catch my meaning. Do you have any skills you might be able to use in this situation? I have talking. Oh, do you have any drama tokens? <laughs> I believe I do. I do not. No, you do not. And and I don't know if talking works in the way that like say charm would work. I don't I don't recall. If it does, I would like to roll talking. <laughs> uh n- no it doesn't. Okay. I mean, I'm just trying to like kind of punt him from in, you know, for information. I'm trying to remain calm. I'm trying to be like, you know, just smooth talking a little bit. Okay, so I think you're left with maybe with um, common moves because you can't do a signature move if you don't have the that skill. It just that, there's no way to do that in the rules. But sure, sure, sure. There are common moves that anybody can do at any time, and those are act under pressure. Mm, uh, that actually might apply here because it's basically when you act despite being under threat or suffer some kind of adversity, you say how you deal with it and roll the dice. You might be able to get out by like busting heads or sneaking by or using charm and social grace. (laughs) Right. Um, right. And that gives you a choice as to what uh, ability you want to use to your advantage. Okay. Right. Like if you want to get up by busting heads, we would roll fighting. If you want to get up by social grace, we would roll talking. Yeah, I, I definitely want to do that. I want to try social grace. I mean, he's he's just trying to talk his way out of it because okay. he's and, not. And there are a couple others, too. I mean, there's find something out. Uh, oh. There's read the room. But neither of those are as active as act under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. If we could do act under pressure and, and just get a, a talking thing. He, like he like I said, he's he's trying to. So I don't know. The information one might work, too, because if it's like you know, yeah, officer so-and-so, and and he knows that guy, and he's like, yeah, you know, like if he feels comfortable enough to make the ride, then maybe he goes. Okay, so so the question really is, if you're trying to get out, escape, gain your freedom, what ability are you using to do it? Fighting, moving, enduring, knowing, sneaking, talking? Uh, I think it would be talking, right? So he's not like kind of like kick the door out and like trying to like roll out of the car. He's trying to like talk this guy down, get information and be like, Hey, come on. Like, you know, this is not the right thing. Okay. And my next question is, do you want to burn the ability? Um, sure. That'll give you a point, a plus one on the roll. Okay. Am I being stupid? I think I'm being stupid. And all these times I've told you to roll two dice. I really meant one. Yeah. I thought it was one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, you want me to roll now? Then? Uh, well, I want I want to know if you're going to burn talking. Yes, I'm burning. Yep. All right. 
You're going to roll 1d6 high. You're going to add 1. If you want to spend a point of Poder, you can roll a second die and take the highest. Mm, I don't think I want to burn Poder right now. All right, let's do it. Oh, I rolled a one, so a two. Oh, <laughs> he's unconvinced. <laughs> okay, um, you try to bullshit your way out of it. Mac pulls over uh, behind the jail. He gets out of the car and he gets into the back seat with you, where he puts a gun to your head, and he says, "Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! You will sit still and listen to me, boy. I ain't falling for none of your bullshit. I'm not falling for any of your magic either." No, this is not quite exactly what you would call police protocol. This is personal protocol. You are stepping on the toes of Mr. Abel Cisco, and I have been sent to enforce a message. You need to stay out of his way. Now, I'm going to take you in there, and I'm going to chain you up and put you in a cell. You're going to be booked. You're going to be read your rights. It's all going to look like a normal arrest, son, and you're going to play along. You understand me? It just seems like I don't have much of a choice. No, uh, you don't. Now get on out. He takes you out of the car. He uh, pushes you roughly into the station. You're fingerprinted, booked, and put in a holding cell. Okay. Yeah, he's 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 like just like internal. He's trying to puzzle out like, well, what you know, like. All right, so he's in the pocket of Cisco. Okay, cool. All right, we got that. Um, you know, what does Cisco know about? me what is you know like he's trying to replay the last couple of days now to try to figure out like what's the best way to try to get the fuck out of here now okay it looks like uh <laughs> don't you love that when you try using the mouse on the on the screenshot instead of on the actual window that you need <laughs> okay you did not get what you want so i give you a drama token congratulations right. now you have one yay and i think that's the end of that scene you yeah, and jail yeah. Camera pulls back with you sitting on a little bench in a ten uh, in an eight foot jail cell with a toilet and a bunk, and that's about it. Is it an in, is it an internal cell? Like is it is it like um, I'm, I'm completely ensconced? Uh, no, there is a small window. Does the window have bars? Yes. How big are the bars? Like what, what what's the gap? Uh, n- not big enough for a man. Not even no, big. I- enough. For a child, um, I'm going to say like eight inches by 12 inches. So big enough for a raven. Um, yeah, maybe a raven could fit through there. Okay. All right. I like where you're going with that. Got to have a plan. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Before we wrap up this episode, I'd like to take a minute to say thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying the podcast from our interviews and actual plays to our rambling roundtable discussions. If you like what you're here and you'd like to support the show, we have great sponsors for you to check out. Birds of a Feather Coffee Company is a small batch craft coffee roaster and is our OG sponsor. There are three signature blends to choose from. The Morning Lark, which is a light roast. The Night Owl Blend, which is a rich dark roast. And the Hummingbird Decaf Blend. They also have the exclusive Legendary Brew, a nice medium roast coffee, perfect fuel for all those late night gaming sessions. If you use the code LEGENDS10, you'll get 10% off your order, and shipping is always free. So head on over to tinyurl.com forward slash Legendary Brew, or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks everybody for checking it out. We'll catch you next time. 
This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.